This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey guys, Laura and Angela here. We are about to start this week's episode, but first we want to thank this week's sponsor, Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. And Angela and I have our very own Squarespace website, which you can check out at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely website that Laura actually updates and works on all the time. I do. For example, we just found out that our book is coming out in the Czech Republic. Well, we mm-hmm. knew it was coming out there, but we got the date, November 21st. Very exciting. And we were like, we have to add this immediately to our website. Yeah. And if I didn't have Squarespace, I would probably have to pay somebody hourly who runs our website. I'd have to like tell them what to update, send them edits. It would be this whole big thing just to add the date, November 21st. But instead, I was able to do that literally within minutes. It's super easy. That is one of the best parts of Squarespace. It's easy. Creating your own website with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. You also get a free custom domain, which is pretty cool. Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain free for a whole year. You also get beautiful templates. Your website's going to be styling. Design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. Yeah. I truly love Squarespace with all of my heart and soul. I've created every website that I have created through them. They're the best. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code SINGLE to get 10% off your first purchase. That's squarespace.com. Enter the offer code SINGLE. Now let's Let's start start the the show. show. This is why you're single. 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 Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. And every week here on the podcast, we discuss a different reason why you're single. This week's reason is age is just a number. Yes. Also on the lineup, we are talking about what's new in dating news, the origins of the word pussy, (laughs) and what's changing on the dating app hinge. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. She's an author, psychologist, relationship expert, and former professor whose new book, Single is the New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right, was just released this summer. She advocates never settling. And who can argue with that, Angela? Please. No. (laughs) Uh, Please welcome Dr. Karen Anderson April. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, So first, tell us about our book. Uh, Did you personally not wear... What? Your your book, not our book. Oh. We know about our book. Oh, sorry. Your book. Did I say our... I just think <laughs> yeah. about our book a lot. Tell uh, us what you thought of our book. I loved it. It was so cute. There were a couple chapters in particular I thought were just adorable. Okay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, but really... Inadvertent plug. <laughs> I want to know about your book. Please. Did you personally not wear white till it's right? I did not wear white until it was right. Um, my book really came from 27 years of dating. That is no lie. From 15 until I met the one and married at 42. And along the way, I probably experienced pretty much every conceivable relationship scenario. I was breaking up with someone. They were breaking up with me, the broken heart, the whole thing, even calling off a wedding at 34, which, of course, by 34, most people are kind of hoping that their life is on track to settle down a bit and, you know, 
the biological clock is a reality that many women face. So um, I called off a wedding and um, I'm so glad I did <laughs> because I would rather have waited until 42. And you guys said that in the book. Um, yeah, really well put. Um, better to wait. Who cares what the timeline is? Better to wait for something really extraordinary and remarkable in a marriage than to settle for something mediocre. Yeah. What was I, that like when you were calling off the wedding? What was that experience yeah, it was, I mean, it's looking back, it's, it was almost cliche. So I met my former fiance at age 30 when I was out with my girlfriends for my 30th birthday. And you know, those milestone oh. birthdays can sometimes be like ominous, like right. I'm 30 and my friends are all married and I'm still single. And so I'm out at the club and I meet a guy and, and then you start questioning yourself, you know, like maybe I'm doing this all wrong and that's why I'm still single. And so even women who are very self-assured and, and feel pretty good about themselves mm-hmm. overall can wonder if then this one little area of their life, they've just botched it up time and time again. So I started questioning myself which really I would encourage women not to do because then I went, I met this guy, nice, smart, accomplished, successful. So on paper looked like a perfect mm-hmm. fit, but without that kind of chemistry. Yeah. And then I dated him for years, you guys, and then got engaged for a year. I mean, and then called it off two months before it was going to happen. And that was really hard. Yeah, that's also something we talk about a lot when somebody is good on paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to know how you really feel. You're like, maybe, I, I mean, this is, I feel good about this person. I don't feel bad, but right. something feels off and then it goes too far. How yeah. did, when did you, when was that moment when you realized, like, I have to, yeah, because call I, this off? I feel yeah. like people are always, when weddings get called off last minute, they're like, wait, they dated for years. Yes. How did yeah. you not know <laughs> yes. beforehand? And so why, yeah, why is it that a realization that you have closer to that moment? No, and that's a great question because people did say that and they weren't trying to be hurtful, but they're mm-hmm. kind of like, you had four years to figure this out. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Why now? And I really can't um, fully wrap my own mind around why, but for me, it was the first bridal shower. Like I could phone it in until then. Ugh. We could pick out the bridesmaids' dresses. I could pick out the flowers. We could get the reception hall. But for some reason, sitting in front of these women who love me best, who have now gone out and purchased a gift off my registry, and me opening it up and going, ah, this gravy boat is wonderful in this phony life I'm about to live. Oh, no. For some reason, that was like my watershed moment. And I've actually interviewed a lot of women because I'm, my next book is going to be about calling off a wedding because there's really not a resource for that. Mm-hmm. If you no, go, there's not. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the section in the bookstore, there's plenty of books to tell right. you the perfect flowers to buy and the perfect way to have the, the wedding of your dreams, except there's no one really asking you, is this really the wedding you're supposed to have? Right. And so, um, yeah, so I interviewed a lot of women. And, and for other women, it was like when the invitations were about to be mailed out. You know, for other women, there was always this, you know, or like they put on the, their wedding gown for their, their bridal fitting and they freak out. You know, so there's always some moment where it's just they wake up or else they don't. Because mm-hmm. I interviewed a lot of women who I call wish I'd run away brides because oh, they didn't wow. run away. And I can tell you, Almost every single one of them on their wedding day. In fact, one uh, one of my best friends, she said, Karen, she was supposed to be in my wedding. And she was like, you were so brave. And at the time, I felt like such a disaster. I'm like, I am not brave. I just screwed up everyone's life. And she's like, no, my wedding day. I remember being in the, you know, getting ready to walk down the aisle. And the only thought I had in my head was, dad, just turn over to me and say, we don't have to do this. Oh, no. You know? That's her most, like, <laughs> like, her most salient thought is like, you know, we don't have to do this. We can, the limo's out there. We can just go. 
you know, Reed, I think that a lot of people in that situation go through it that base purely on like reasons like that, that like yeah. where, where they're like, well, I don't want to let my family down. Right. I, we, we send money. I feel like people like are like, oh my God, we spent all this money. We yeah. can get a refund. It's oh like yeah. All logistical things that make you go through with it. Yeah. Grandma flew in from California. I mean, we can buy grandma another plane ticket home. <laughs> yeah. Like this yeah. is not like a thousand dollars or even $20,000 or $75,000 based on the, the grandiose weddings today. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, money is not a reason not to live right. an authentic life with an authentic love. How did he take it? That was hard. Yeah. And uh, he was angry. I mean, and I got yelled at and I got called a lot of names. <laughs> How soon was it before the wedding? So it was two months. Two months. And it was much. kind of, it was really kind of sad the way it worked out because I was like picking him up. He had been in Vancouver for a bachelor party. So I'm swinging by O'Hare Airport oh. in Chicago to pick him up from his bachelor party. So his whole weekend has been like, I'm the wild bachelor getting oh, married, God. ball and chain. Da, da, da. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So the entire drive back to the city from O'Hare was pretty ugly. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, that's like, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, you were a psychologist at that point, right? Yeah. So were you trying to like psychoanalyze yourself <laughs> and him? I'd be right. like trying to use all of my resources. I mean, I try to psychoanalyze myself and I have no medical credentials <laughs> to do that. Well, right. <laughs> all women do. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's the thing too. I mean, like you're saying, so I was kind of beating myself up. I'm like, you of any of all people should know you have a doctorate in psychology and yet you allowed yourself to go this far along long in this relationship but why again it was the pressure it was the I'm supposed to be at this spot in my life and I'm not and so I would beat myself up for that as well but the other thing that you kind of mentioned earlier Angelo too that it's hard when he's good on paper because Mm -hmm. I didn't have a really good reason he didn't cheat on me he he wasn't emotionally abusive or he didn't he well he got pretty angry that day but normally he didn't have anger (laughs) he didn't have anger management issues normally so if you have that reason that's almost easier. Oh, speak completely. Right? Because, yeah. Well, I have then, friends that have yeah. stayed and just, I mean, even ones that haven't been engaged, you just stay in these mediocre relationships because there's, there's no reason for an out. And then I have a lot of friends, uh, and I'm definitely guilty of this, where you start fights with people. Like, you want that out. You want yeah. them to get mad. You want to get in a fight and yeah. be like, this clearly isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> where, like, it all started because they forgot to bring home some grocery or whatever right. cliche reason it is yeah but yeah you like push their buttons like to push how much they love you but you're really just searching for an out right yeah because i think nobody wants to be the quote-unquote bad guy because if you break up with somebody and they didn't cheat on you and they weren't emotionally abusive and they were a nice person you don't you don't get to go to your friends after the breakup and be like what a jerk yeah (laughs) because you're kind of the jerk but you gotta be but at the same time i think i mean you you gotta be the jerk because i mean and it took me a long time for me to wrap my mind around this as well was the jerky move would have been to walk down the aisle yes. and say, I love you and make vows that I honestly couldn't keep. Yes. That would have, so it's like, again, cliche, cruel to be kind, but it was much more loving of me to not do that than to fake a marriage for however long I could have phoned it in. And then I don't know, I probably would have cheated. I probably done something really jerky yes. at yeah. that point. I feel like sometimes we have relationship dysmorphia when our friends can see things more clearly. Did your friends... Mm -hmm. know that this was not right 
Yeah. And that is, I mean, you guys talk about the friends, you know, friends in your book a lot. And I thought that was really, um, really nice that you included that because your friends can go either direction. You can get mad at them. If you're trying to be in denial, like I am going to be in denial and you need to join me in this. Right. And then you get mad if they're truth tellers to you. Yes. But at the same time. So a lot of my friends were like, Hey, you know, you like it. I love it. Right. Like if this is working for you, Karen, I don't see it. They wouldn't say that even to me, but but then once you called it off, yes, then they were like, I found myself in that, in the being the friend and seeing an, one of my friends that's in clearly a really bad relationship or they're about to walk down the aisle and I'm like, this shit's going to end in divorce. But do you say that or do you not? Because I mean, if it doesn't and they're with them forever, do you want to be that right. person that for like the rest of the time that you're friends with this and you're, and you see them and you see their partner, they know that you didn't like them and they're going to know that you thought they weren't good together. You don't want to be that person. Yeah, right. And they're it never going to forget that. And they're no. never going to forget it. It won't be comfortable when you hang out with them. If they're like, do you think I should marry this guy? I'm like, no, he's horrible. Like, right. good luck being invited over to their house for right. for cocktails or a double date because this is not going to happen. No, so it. I think so many times you just support your friends mm-hmm. and you don't know what's right. You're like, oh, like, is it? Are you a better friend if you tell your friend that you think they're not in a relationship that's right for them, or are you a better friend to just support them and know that they're going to make the right decisions for themselves? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know if there is an answer because it's tough because you are going to get kicked at the curb because they are going to align with their spouse if they go through with the wedding. You know, if what if it comes to that, they're going and they need to. Once you're married, that has to be your Mm -hmm. first priority is your your spouse. And so, do you want to jeopardize? But then at the same time, you don't want to be the one like if they do get divorced later or you know it it starts going south, then you're like, maybe I should have pulled her aside at some point. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, and (laughs) I think we have different friends for different roles in our Mm -hmm. life. You know, like I have a truth teller friend. And so she's the one. Well, she even when I was engaged before, she's like, just so you know, I will have two tickets to Fiji and I will have a car with the motor running outside your church. And she got yeah, (laughs) she was she was the only one that was that vocal about it. Wow. But then afterwards, like you guys are saying, people are like, you know, I never quite saw it. Wow. And I'm like, that's good. Because it wasn't there to see. <laughs> it really wasn't. What did you end up doing with the dress? Well, it was my mom's dress. And oh, so, aw. yeah, no, I, I wore it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just hung on got to it. Got you. The guy yeah. used yeah. the right guy. That's right. And yeah. So yeah, for any of your listeners and, you know, people who email you with that pressure, like mm-hmm. just encourage them like you do in your book and in, in your podcast. It, it's just, it's so not worth it. I mean, people, I mean. How many happy marriages do you guys see? Yeah. yeah. A lot. I have a friend who called off a wedding recently. Um, and yeah, I still don't know what she did with the, with her dress. Uh, yeah. I wonder if she's going to keep it and wear it. It was a really cute dress. Well, people get like <laughs> superstitious about that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. Well, the wedding got called like, off, but she's still with the guy. Oh, okay. Which is very interesting. Complicated. It's very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> very, a very complicated situation. But I think not going through with it was the right thing. Yeah. Um... So moving on from that, uh, as a psychologist, dating has obviously changed over the last few years. How have the questions that you get from women and men evolved as dating has evolved to becoming online and like how we date? We date a lot more people at one time than we used to. And um, how has that affected the people that are coming to you for advice? It's affected, I mean, everyone. I mean, now your next date is in the palm of your hand in your Tinder or your Hinge or your Bumble. And I'm good with that. I mean, I love the idea that there are more opportunities to meet. But what I see a lot of singles doing, the questions I have is, 
kind of twofold, two things come to mind. One is people feel like I had this great date with this guy and everything was wonderful. And then I didn't hear from him. And I'm wondering, you know, he thought I was cute and smart and funny, but did he go home and go, there's probably someone cuter, smarter and funnier, just one swipe away. So people are always feeling like there's that we can never get any momentum behind our relationship because someone's like, she's great, but maybe there's that, just that upgrade, just, you know? Yes. And so that is really frustrating for singles that I talk to. And the other thing that I'm, I'm a little concerned about just because I look again over my 27 years of dating. And I say that cause it is kind of funny cause that's a lot of dating, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, 27 years, there were times where I had a dry spell and I'm wondering if we don't permit and allow ourselves to have the dry spell anymore because we don't have mm. to. And a dry spell, when I was in it, I hated it. I would be like, oh my gosh, I haven't dated in like six months. This is pathetic. You know, you know, you get beat yourself up. What's wrong with me? But what does a dry spell do for you? It allows you to have some space to kind of reflect yes. and get to know yourself better and what you'll put up with and what you won't and, and what you're about and what kind of relationship will work for you. And I'm wondering if singles aren't giving themselves enough time to reflect and, and that's a great point. Yeah. I think they're not. I mean, we, we get a lot of emails that basically describe dating fatigue where they're like yeah. burnt out on all the dates they're going on. Mm-hmm. So I think you're absolutely right. Like, I encourage the dry spell. Yeah. And I feel like in so many other areas of our lives, we allow ourselves that dry spell. Like if we're changing jobs, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll we'll say we our start date is three weeks later. So we have like those three weeks to just take time for ourselves. We go on vacation for a couple weeks. Uh, after college, a lot of people, they will take a, a summer off and they'll travel around Europe. Whatever the case is, in so many other areas of our lives, we allow ourselves ourselves time for a break time to rejuvenate that's what you do after if you're working out six days a week you allow yourselves one day to rejuvenate like you need time to self-reflect in whatever area of your life it is so why don't we allow ourselves to do that more with dating i think is crucial yeah and it's it's really like i said like like you guys point out the the dating landscape is quite different even in the last five years it's really dramatically changed and that's the thing i'm worried about just especially as women i feel like we, I mean, since we were little girls, every fairy tale defines us by that happily ever after when we finally meet the prince. And women are still, even in this day and age, working on carving out an identity that is apart from our relationships, right? And because, I mean, you're defined by your relationships, by who you're dating. You know, I dated the football captain, you know, da da da. And then it keeps going. Well, what's your husband do? As if that it reflects on me. And, and so, yes, of course, to a degree, but also we still need to work on. And then, you know, even it keeps, con, keeps continues. You've got your, I'm a mom. What are your kids about? What are they doing? And so we're so often defined by our relationships that I think it's nice if we can give ourselves that space. But I think a lot of, especially now with the, with the apps right there, the anxiety, like, oh, let me just fill up my empty weekend. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that as soon as they go to a new city, the first thing they do is say, yeah. like, oh, what's what's the dating landscape here, landscape right. here? And they like turn on Tinder, yeah. which is that's totally not something that could have happened like 10, 15 years ago. Or it wouldn't. I mean, maybe I'm just like food too much, but I'd be like, <laughs> if I moved, I'd be like, where are the best restaurants? Where's the right? best bodega? Like, why are people's first instinct to be like, OK, what's Tinder like here? Yeah. It's like, how about you get furniture and a bed? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, but people do it even for a weekend away. Yeah. I mean, we're not even talking like to move, move, but like, oh, right. you know, I'm going to be here for a weekend. And like, and it's a, like, there's no problem if you want like a weekend hookup or like a hot hookup. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, uh, I would say 
yeah, I think the point is, is to like allow yourselves a break and yeah, breathe, uh, breathe, breathe <laughs> and make sure you always keep your identity. Yeah. Um, on that note, should we jump into what's in the news? Yeah. All right. Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? Okay. Well, as anybody who has turned on any major cable network lately knows that the P word is everywhere. The, the pussy word. Yes. The word pussy. I know. So, I know what word you were talking about. <laughs> I had to clarify. Um, so Huffington Post had this really great article by Catherine Brooks called Where the Hell Does the Word Pussy Come From? She did a little investigation because apparently the history is a little shady. People don't really know. Merriam-Webster Dictionary, they interviewed somebody there who said a lot of taboo words like this um, have like, people don't know where they come from because they're mostly spoken first before they're written down. So it's Mm. hard to trace the etymology. But there are a few different theories. Uh, Any guesses, guys? Uh, I, I mean, I know it's like, like something to do with cats, but I don't know sure. like why. Well, yeah, the, I, I the don't first definition is a cat. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Apparently, well, do you know, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're close, Laura. As far back. <laughs> one, one of the theories uh, is like back in the 1500s, there were like a lot of poems and songs that would describe women um, having characteristics that were cat like. Yes. Yeah. Like a sexy cat, like, like a cat woman and like, amiable. Although. I've met a lot of mean cats in my time. So. <laughs> oh, okay. It's interesting. I, that- I, my family has had one point had like five cats. We, my mom was like, if you bring any more cats, stray cats home to save, we're going to be a crazy, I'm going to turn into a crazy cat lady. But yeah, I, I could see that like you're uh, oh my God, she's so sexy, like a sexy pussy cat. I could right. see them saying in like, yeah. I don't know, the forties, uh, 1500s. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, another theory is in, uh, in in Scandinavian language, there are words similar to pussy that mean either vulva or pocket, which reminds me of the Broad City episode where Alana calls her vagina nature's pocket when she oh, hides yes. the weed up it. Um, those are the two main theories. There's also the word pusillanimous, if I'm saying that right, which means showing lack of courage. And on Reddit, there were some. Oh, I don't like that. that. I was like, I know, but um, women have they a lot that, of courage. They, they said that was a shakier theory. Okay, I hope so. So it's probably either the Scandinavian thing or the cat thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. Karen, you pointed out that there's not so many derogatory words for male genitalia, which I find interesting. Yeah, it, it is, and um, kind of disheartening actually when if you look mm-hmm. at so many words in our language and i mean this is nothing new but it's it's i mean it remains you know we have a very gender biased language and even getting back to the single issue words like spinster we don't have an equivalent for men because the man is just if he's unmarried he's this you know bachelor and he's just this rolling right. stone and he can't be tied down whereas a spinster obviously there's a lot of connotations that are quite negative and then even you know words like slut we don't really have a, you know, player is he's, he's, you know, again, he's just this, this man who's got to get all this tail, right? But a slut is obviously derogatory, a whore. I mean, we just don't have comparable language and women get the short end of the stick. Yeah. Like if you call a guy a, a pussy or even a girl, you're like, oh, you're such a pussy. It's like, oh, they're, they're very weak. Uh, right. Well, that's the other thing the article talks about is like, if you're going to insult a man, you use this right. woman word. And I could, I could say, Angela, you're being a dick, but like. <laughs> It just doesn't have the same no, effect. No. It's like almost got sass to it. And yeah, it's like you're right. being like, 
you it it's like you're being mean and you're but you're like in like a tough way right it's, it's almost like yeah like you're, you're being overconfident like it's yeah. like stop being such a dick is it's not no. that yeah pussy is such a weak word it's like you're such a pussy like get some balls you know well because yeah. the worst thing to call a man is a derogatory tor- term that's normally re- reserved for a woman i mean so it's an even it's a double the c insult. word right. yeah oh or, 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 or yeah or bitch, bitch or like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. a little bitch oh well and bitch, think yeah. of it this way too i mean people will say oh he's a son of a bitch well they're really just saying something mean about his mother right yes so once again he's He's the son of a bitch. So you really, you cuss mm-hmm. out his mom. He's not even here. What, what's she got to do with anything? You know? It all yeah. comes back to your mama jokes. Right. It's always. <laughs> <laughs> what about your papa? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's be be more conscious of that, guys, yeah. when you're talking about gendered words. Yeah. Well, anyway, what are you reading about? I am reading about all the changes happening at the dating app Hinge. Uh, so Justin McLeod, the founder and CEO of Hinge, wrote about how they're changing things up at Hinge. And I got to give a shout out. A few of our listeners. Yeah, two different people sent it to us. Lorena. Lorena on Twitter. And was it Hannah? Was it Hannah? All right. So you, you read. I'll look. Okay. We want to we want to say thank, thank you for mm-hmm. flagging this article for us, guys. Um, so. What he wrote was he is convinced that swiping is an addictive game designed to keep you single and Hinge is switching things up. They don't want to play that game anymore. Uh, So this is what he said. The first thing he found out was that swiping apps are staggeringly ineffective in helping people find relationships uh, because some people are looking for relationships but most people on there are looking for hookups. But just the fact that you're swiping makes you want to keep playing the game um, and that it it's basically like going to a casino it's got like when you match with somebody you get this adrenaline of like i won i won i won and you want that again because that quickly fades so it's like just like being in a casino instead of cashing out once you get a little bit of money you you want that high again so yes so there were four things that he flagged as having a problem with the whole swiping tinder craze so the number one is the slot machine interface uh yeah it it what he said it triggers the same neurobiological mechanisms as a slot machine. The second is perhaps that's why users message back and forth with fewer than 10% of their matches. So even if you've matched with like 10 people that you you said you liked, you swiped, right? You people just don't even they they don't want to cash out with all those people. They want to they want to keep swiping more, keep winning. So, yeah, number one, you just want to keep playing. Number two, you don't even message the people that you do match with. Number three, it makes people look like playing cards. So it dehumanizes Mm -hmm. the way people uh, think of each other and they're reduced to playing cards that we flick left or right. And number four, it tries to be all things to all people. It encourages as many people to join as possible. So you never know if people are looking for just a hookup. Sometimes people are actually in a relationship and they just have fun playing the game. Uh, some people are looking for relationships. It's just trying to be too many things to too many people and it's not helping people actually find somebody. So yeah, they changed some stuff up. So they're still going to have photos, of course, but they're going to have, they're going to do more to highlight people's interests and experiences. They're also adding the monthly membership fee of $7, which it'll be interesting to see if people stay. So if you are already on hinge, you get to test it out for free for three months, but, um, yeah, no more swiping, no more of that slot machine 
kind of reward system. But I don't know. I found that really interesting. Like as a psychologist, does that make sense to you? The whole re- reward and and then you, you match with people. You would think, okay, great. They like me too. I'm going to talk to them. Why is that happening only 10% of the time? Wow. No, I, I wasn't aware of that article. And that is really fascinating. Because even before you talked about the neurobiological component, I thought, yeah, it's just like a reward system in the mm-hmm. brain. I mean, like anything that can become addictive, it's because it's the pleasure centers that are being activated, activated, activated. I mean, I'd love to see if anyone's doing a study looking at just the neurotransmitters in the brain and just seeing the activity. Do that study. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. But so that doesn't surprise me. And I I, yeah, I want to take a look at that article as well, but I good for Hinge for trying to rework things. Cause I mean, there's been enough now. I mean, Tinder has been, I mean, Tinder was the first one I would imagine mm-hmm. the, the first one that blew up. There's been enough now, a, a just experience, if not, if not research to see, to show that it can work, but probably not with the numbers of, of you know, happily ever after couples yeah. that we'd hope from, yes. mm-hmm. from what it's supposed to be doing. I do have to say that people, the friends of mine that are in long-term relationships or have gotten married from dating on apps, and I have a lot of people, they're usually, it's okay, keep it, it's match. I don't have as many friends that have right. stayed in long-term relationships from meeting on any of the apps that use swiping. And I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. I've kind of in my brain lumped them all together and and always said, oh, I have so many friends that have gotten married from from dating apps. And that's not true because you can't, it's not fair to the apps to lump them all in together. The The way you interact with them is, is very different. Yeah, that's why I think people won't really have a problem paying the $7 because this seems like a long time coming. We get so many people writing us about being ghosted on various swiping apps. Like $7 is less than Netflix. Yeah. yeah. I would pay it. Would you? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would I would pay. Just for a different experience, like you said. Well, now Hinge is supposed to work with um, a friend, isn't there? Like it's through your friendship group that... Yeah, I think that the initial pool of people you see is based on your Facebook, kind of like... Did you ever use that app? I didn't. No. I didn't. I used Tinder. Yeah, I was already yeah. locked, locked down by the time Hinge popped up. Right. But uh, I hear good things about it. I know people have met on Hinge and uh, hopefully, I guess, more well if they're they're switching things up. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they're they're definitely going to have less customers because if you because on Tinder, you've got your people who are looking to hook up, people Mm -hmm. looking for a relationship and you've got people like me who just like to like swipe through it like a game like that, that. I should that should have been a red flag yeah. when I, when you when you like to grab your friend's phone and swipe yeah. through guys because it's quote unquote fun. Yeah, that should be a red flag right there that, OK, this is more of a game and not something that I'm taking seriously right. to look for somebody for my future. And even when I was single, I think I kind of approached it that way. I mean, I would be like, you know, you look at it while you're like waiting online at Starbucks. Like it's like, let me kill time. Okay, I played words with friends. I'm waiting for the next person to go. I'm going to like swipe some people on Tinder. It's it's not a really good way to date. It might be helpful too that dating apps are distinguishing themselves. So you know you'll use Tinder if you're just looking for a hookup. And you know you're going to go to Hinge if you do want something long term. Because whatever you're looking for, that's fine. I think Hinge is just saying we don't want to be the app for hookups. Right. And that's a fair stance to take. My only thing that I have a problem with though is a lot of people, they say they're not looking for anything serious. And then once you start hooking up with somebody, it can develop into a long-term thing. So I wonder if they're going to miss out on those opportunities. Um, That's true. And I do think the $7 will deter like the less serious people. Yeah. 
So hmm. very interesting. Things are changing. All right, guys. Next up, we are jumping into the mailbox. But first, let's thank a couple more of our sponsors. We would like to thank our sponsor, Movement Watches. But it is spelled MVMT, which is just a really cool way to spell movement. Yeah. Who has the time to spell out movement? Not me. These watches are really cute. Angela and I both have them and we are obsessed. Yes. I got the Santa Monica watch, which is black and gold. It's really cool because when we were in Los Angeles together, we spent a lot of time in Santa Monica. Yeah. So I feel deeply connected to my watch. Um, I haven't worn a watch in years, so it just feels so fast. I feel like a smart lady. I'm like, I have places to be, places to look at my watch what so i'm on time about? to be there look you anyway, look like a I feel professional like a grown up. i feel like a grown-up in my beautiful watch yeah my watch is rose gold it's all rose gold the strap is rose gold the face is rose gold it's called the hermosa mm-hmm. and i love that because i spent a lot of time at hermosa beach when i was in los angeles yeah i really love the story of how this company got started it was actually founded by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them so they started their own watch company. I love that. Yeah, I can relate to that as someone who is broke and is trying to make it in this world, trying to make something that I enjoy. As we all are. Movement yeah. watches started just $95 and at a department store, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks. They also have classic design, quality construction and styled minimalism. Over 500,000 watches sold in over 160 countries. And now you can get one too. You get 15% off today. They're already like a pretty low price and now you're going to get 15% off with free shipping and free returns by going to MV vmtwatches.com slash single. Don't forget to do that dot com slash single bit or you're not going to get your hookup. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash single. Join the movement. We would also like to thank our new sponsor, Lisa Mattress. Angela, how excited was I when I found out that we were having Lisa Mattress sponsor us? You were almost as excited as I was, which was a lot. I am so excited because I take pride in having the most comfy bed in the entire world. Like I want my bed to be like a big giant cloud pillow situation that also gives me back support because I also am big on lumbar support. Yes. You're all about that lumbar. I am. Whenever I record the podcast, I make sure I have my lumbar pillow. Anyways, I don't want to be tossing and turning throughout the night. So I could not be happier that this is why your single has partnered with Lisa Mattress. I have ordered a new Lisa Mattress. I cannot wait to get it to get a better night's sleep. So why is Lisa so comfortable? Lisa has three-layer sleep technology. Lisa's perforated top layer keeps you cool and provides the perfect cushiony bounce. Lisa, la, la. Yeah, right? Lisa's memory foam middle layer cradles and contours perfectly to your body. Sounds good. And Lisa's inner core provides long life durability and edge support. All of that's pretty exciting, but also you don't have to go to a mattress store and deal with a pushy salesperson. Also, if you are going to have, you know, your hookup come over and spend the night, don't you want to have a comfy bed? Come on, people. Yeah. You want three layer sleep technology. Also, you'll feel good about getting a Lisa because Lisa donates one mattress to a shelter for every 10 that we sell, which I think is super cool. Lisa gives you a 100 night risk free trial. Love your mattress or they'll pick it up for free and refund your money. That's pretty cool. Order now and you're going to save $75 when you go to lisa.com slash single. That is L 
E-E-S-A.com slash single, or you can just use the promo code single at checkout and let us know what you think of your new mattresses. Now let's get back to the show. Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? All right. We have two great questions. First up. Oh, by the way, uh, our last, we were trying to remember the name of the listener who sent us that article. It was Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah with an H. And now we have a question from Sarah without an H. That's oh, okay, great. So um, Dr. Karen is going to help us answer these queries from uh, yes. our listeners. Okay. So Sarah writes, I've been hanging out with this guy for the past six months on and off. At first I thought it could be more, but then he said he didn't want to have a relationship now or probably ever because he was too hurt from his last one to date again. So of course he dropped the whole let's be friends with benefits line on me. I thought long and hard about it before I finally agreed. So we had a really good thing going and um, we had quite a few conversations about how he didn't want a relationship. So I refrained from trying. Well, I just found out through Instagram that now he has a girlfriend after telling me how much he didn't want one. I confronted him about it. Obviously not in a psycho way. (laughs) Good, Sarah. Um, He said, it just happened, blah, blah. This happened to me a few times and I'm just wondering why and what you would say I could do to avoid it happening in the future. I just don't get why I give off this friend vibe, quote unquote. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. This is the worst. All right, Dr. Karen, you take it away first. Oh, yeah, that's that's hurtful. I mean, that and that's the worst, too, that you find out through Instagram. Yeah. You know, it just feels like, oh, you know, yeah. just stabbing your heart. I know, um, I want to give her a hug and be I like, it's too. not you, it's these assholes. It, it, yeah, and the only thing you can do is the thing that I think, you know, she said she thought long and hard. I don't think the friends with benefits, it can develop into something more, but mm-hmm. I think when he they kind of had something going and then he really dialed it down to friendship, I think that was that was where she needed to, to just pack her bags and be like, mm-hmm. I, I got to go for something. If, if that's what she wants. Now, if she's like, hey, I just want to kick it and hit it and quit it and have some fun. Cool. But if she really was, I mean, because she wanted more, do you yeah. know? And so yes. I think she had to be, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that's, that's time for her to be really honest with herself. And I think she may have like, kitted herself like I can hang you know it's you know it's good in the sack and mm-hmm. I can I can enjoy this I think that her heart was hurting all along and yeah. then the final blow of course was that he was like I don't want anything except when I find someone I want something with and it's not you and that's so hurtful I think you're spot on I think that if you know you want a serious relationship with this person then set the standard be confident with yourself have like a high self-esteem to say, hey, I really like you. I would like to date you. I don't want to be friends with benefits. That's not really something that I want. Let me know if you want to date me. And if you put yourself on that pedestal, like they're going to see you that way too. And I think you told him you wanted to be friends with benefits. So he never even really opened up his mind to considering anything else. I think he just viewed you in a different light where maybe this other girl that he met probably said to him like no way I would never do friends with benefits like I'll see you later I'm gonna go find someone better let me know if you want to date me if you want to take me out to dinner take me on a date Mm -hmm. like give me a call and and then he's like whoa like she's a little hard to get I guess I have to like work for her she's not she's not gonna just like play the kind of games I want to play and then it developed into something else so I think yeah if you don't want friends with benefits don't do friends with benefits like we've gotten a lot of emails also from people saying I'm looking for friends with benefits how do I find someone and I love like that's great I love that attitude also and if that's like what you're looking for at that time in your life like more power to you but yeah it's just gonna hurt you you can't if that's not what you want if you have to think long and hard about it it's probably not in your heart it's probably not Mm -hmm. what you actually think you can 
it's probably not what you can actually handle. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of a cliche, but don't, you just can't go into any relationship expecting the person to change. Yes. And if he's telling you this is what he wants, don't expect him to change into wanting something else, I guess. So, yeah, but her final point of, I don't think she's necessarily giving off a vibe. I think it's right. more than yeah. what you, I just, I'm really a big proponent of, you know, there's nothing wrong with him, nothing wrong with her. It just wasn't a fit. And then he met someone and it was a fit. And yes, and there's nothing you can, she shouldn't change herself because mm-hmm. someone wants exactly what she has to offer. But I would agree with Laura, like, but we got to make sure that we are elevating ourselves to be something that's like, yeah, but I'm looking for something real. And so I'm not going to just water something down just to have someone around knowing it's not going to go in the direction that I want. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you made that clear because I want her to know that there is nothing wrong with her, but if she's saying it's happening multiple times, well then why do you keep settling for friends with benefits? If that's not what you want, don't let it, it won't happen again. If you, tell the next guy that says, Hey, I want to be friends with benefits. Like, no, not really. Yeah. So good luck. Let us know what happens. Yeah. We're sending you hugs, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, what else, what else do we have now? We have an email from L L says, I've been talking to this guy, Logan. I met on Bumble for a couple weeks now. Uh, for the first week, we only communicated on Instagram and Snapchat, which I kind of thought was weird because your conversations and pictures on Snapchat disappear. I thought maybe he had something to hide from someone else. Then one day I wanted to send him a funny video and it wasn't letting me send through Snapchat. So I gave him my cell phone number and he jokingly, question mark, told me not to be a stalker. I asked him if he had a bad experience with a stalker, and he said yes. I left it at that, and since we've been communicating through text messaging, uh, he had his middle name as his name on Bumble, but really goes by his first name. He's a little evasive about what he does for a living and has told me he lives between three different locations in the United States. Okay, like These are, this is like the 10th ding, re- ding, ding. red flag. Um, when I asked him why he didn't use his first name on Bumble, he told me that people who are on the hunt cannot be trusted. Huh. And his first name run. is too Run, L, run. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and hope it's just from his bad quote stalker experience and he that that that's why he's not more specific about life details or maybe he makes a lot of money and doesn't want me to know i had a friend suggest that no uh, I, okay. I don't think so yeah. well yeah um, uh, good night nice dreaming friend yeah um anyway we text throughout the day every day and we always say good night and good morning to each other he's very sweet and endearing but he has yet to make any mention of meeting in person i like the guy to do the pursuing probably mostly because it makes me feel better about meeting someone and i know that they're in me so i guess i have two questions number one do you think he genuinely is who he says he is no maybe he has something to hide maybe um and two how long should i wait until i say something about meeting in person okay i'm gonna i I just have one quick thing to say and then dr karen can take this one okay he's he's either in the cia the witness protection program he has another family in another state or he's catfishing you and he's like some person he's not saying he is that's my guess all right what do you think though yeah well i'm gonna do like a therapeutic trick here um you know in therapy we want to hold up a mirror and you know what l is is showing me so i want to mirror back to her what she's saying she says she wants the guy to do the pursuing so let him do the doing it yeah yeah I mean, that's, she says it clearly. So mm-hmm. I'm encouraging her to go with her heart and what she knows about herself to be true. I was the same way. I liked being in the position of being pursued because it was more comfortable and safe for me. And also, I mean, not to go into like gender stereotypes too much, but I, you know, I was an independent woman until 42. I knew I could take care of my own bills and pay my rent and do. So I wanted a man. 
I wanted to man up and be a man. Yeah. And, and in order to get a man, you got to let a man be a man. Yes. If you want a man, let him be a man. And so I would encourage her to just listen to what she's clearly said in black and white to her, what she wants, and to go with that because that's, that's her truth telling her what she wants and what she deserves. What do you think about all of the evasiveness? I just, this guy, I mean, he could be diagnosable. I mean, I don't know what's going on. He could yeah. be, I mean, that is just like you said. I mean, it's ding, 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 red flags waving. I mean, this, I wouldn't even want to know. Like right. he needs a, he needs a therapist to help him work stuff out and it's not gonna be her. And even if he had trouble with stalkers in the past, like then he's got these paranoid instincts, which I think are right. another red flag that yes. I would worry about. He sounds very paranoid. Well, That's and a I, good word. And I didn't like, I felt that that was even disrespectful for her to just, after going back and forth on Instagram and chat, Snapchat for all that time for her to like want a phone number and text is not is, crazy. That's not no. stalkerish. I mean, right. that, and that's for him to see. He's labeling her. And that's what sometimes when women get in these relationships, the men love to call them batshit crazy for doing something totally normal. Yes. And women buy it. And then they go, maybe I am being crazy. It's like, no, you're being a normal human being. This is crazy, but he's turning it around on you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, you, that was spot on. Yeah. Yeah, and also if he's so worried, why is he on Bumble? He should not have any <laughs> online presence if he's worried about getting stalked. Well, especially right. Bumble, where the women do the initiating. Yeah. So if you're so freaked out about being stalked, yeah, that's not the app for you. Right, and and if she wants to be courted, then maybe Bumble's not the app for you, there too. You go. Well, yeah. Exactly. Just saying. A lot of problems. <laughs> just saying. All right, Al, good luck with that. Yeah, part. I mean, yeah. oh, God. I mean, and like, just one last thing. Like, in the, wor- in, or in the best case scenario where he's telling the truth about who he is, which I do not in any capacity think is the case. He is still blaming you for things that happen in past relationships, which is just going to cause you so many problems. If you ever meet this guy, which I don't think you will, and you ever do start dating him, he is blaming you for things that other women did that he's dated, which, which is is bad and toxic mm-hmm. to any relationship and and he's got paranoid instincts just like yeah even in a best case scenario which is not gonna happen this this is not gonna end end well for you i'm sorry to say i, I know it feels good to have somebody tell you good morning and good night because i have friends that have been in relationships with guys for like six months and they're like i just wish you would tell me good morning and good night mm-hmm. like why don't you just tell him that's what you want because like a lot of women like that Telling you guys out there, if you tell, if you text a woman good morning, good night for whatever reason, uh, yeah, I don't think women are very clear that they like that so much, but yeah. women love that. It's true. It, but it also, just be forewarned, it does make your relationship feel a little more serious. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're at that level. Yeah. We're at good morning, good night level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'll, <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll hear that from friends too. Like, oh, I haven't, yeah, it's, he's so, so everything's going so great. He texts me good morning and good night. If you do that, like, they'll feel just secure. Yeah, they they need like a bookend to their day to have heard <laughs> yes. from you. Well, and I think it feels like, hey, he thought about me first thing in the morning. Right. And yes. I feel so, and, but but to Angela's point, that does kind of that's that's the level, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and the it's first thing level. you think about, even before your coffee. <laughs> but even my friends that are exclusive, and so it is serious, and their boyfriend and girlfriend, they'll they'll maybe have texted in the morning, and then I'll get a call from my friend like I think he's dating someone else I think he wants to break up and oh I'm like and I'm like why and they're like he hasn't texted me good night I'm like does he know that that's like what 
you like? And they're like, no, but he, but he did it. He He's done it a couple times. So also another note to you guys, if you start that pattern, don't stop because yeah. they will freak <laughs> out. They will freak out. He, he stopped texting me goodnight and he used to do it all the time. So girls love it. But uh, you have to, number one, you have to keep doing it. Uh, and number two, yeah, if girls go a certain like period of hours and you're her boyfriend, like they'll just just text them goodnight at the end of the day because they'll call yeah. me like, I haven't heard from him in like eight hours. I'm like, so you talked to him this morning. You, you've talked to him like you've already talked to him today. Like what? 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 What, what do you think possibly he went to work and then, you know, he told you he had work drinks afterwards. What do you what do you think happened? He's home. He's sleeping. He's tired. But well, he's not thinking about me. He's not thinking about me. Yeah. Oh God, Jesus right. Christ! Um, well, L, <laughs> little tangent, but yeah, uh, yeah the, the good morning, good night thing is a hot it, topic. Is a hot topic. <laughs> it's relevant. Uh, if you guys want your listener questions answered, or if you've got any funny text messages from apps you want to share, you can email us at contact at this is why your single show dot com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why your single show dot com. Okay, now it is time to jump into our reason of the week. This week's reason is age is just a number. We picked this one for Dr. Karen because uh, it's kind of like the theme of your book, not not walking down the aisle until it's right. And a lot of people, they they the age is right. a thing that they that kind of forces them into situations that that maybe aren't great. Right. Yeah. Um, and also, I would say the most common question that we get in our our emails is girls freaking out about the fact that they haven't dated somebody by a certain age um, or I'm a virgin or I'm a virgin or my guy hasn't proposed yet. And literally these ages are all over the place. Like the age that people think they have to hit, like we've had 18 year olds think that they're freaks for not ever dating somebody. And we've had 40 year old women be really concerned about and having never dated anybody. So I think everybody has this age in their head and it varies and it's like haunting them. Yes. What's your take on that? Yeah, my take is you're absolutely right. And I hear it as well with the singles I talk to and with girlfriends and, and just it, we, but we are doing it to ourselves. Now I'm not saying, I mean, we live in a, a society and a culture that has these expectations for these milestones. You're supposed to hit these milestones at certain times, but really, I mean, you have to do the work in your own head to say, I can't give that meaning because you're giving meaning to something and you can choose to give it meaning or you can choose to not give it meaning, right? Like I was saying, I hit my 30th birthday. I'm like, that 30 was just a thing. And I chose to give it meaning. And then I went and almost married the wrong person. Or I could have said, hey, I'm 30 and I'm not in some like crazy, stupid marriage like some of my friends who got married younger and just now wish they were single. You know, you can you can reframe it. You can look at it differently. And that's something you have to do because no one can make you feel something or make you think that a, a number is important unless you sign on and agree. Oh, when I turned 30, I, I didn't feel like it was a big deal. I really didn't even do anything big for my 30th birthday, but you can't help but be surrounded by pop culture and like birthday cards and Dwayne Reed that say like, <laughs> you're 30, you're 30. And right. they only, they only have those specific age numbered cards for the big ones. Right. And, and you're you like, am I supposed to feel weird? Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the other card is like, you're five. It goes from like five to <laughs> you're 30. And then and like, like over the hill. Over the hill. Like yeah. 60. It's like, you, I was just like surrounded by all of these things telling me that 30 was such a big deal. Whereas for me, it was like 29 and 30 were a 
been like two of like the best years of my life. A lot of amazing things happened. Like I got married when I was 29. Like I think our book came out maybe when I was 30 or 20. I don't know, but whatever. It was very exciting time. And people like, Oh God, how do you feel? Like, are you, are you scared? Are you, (laughs) are you worried? I'm like, it's just like a thing that happened. Like I went for, I went to dinner. That was it. I didn't even make, and if you do make a big deal about it and you want to celebrate it, like that, there's no problem with that. I just hate the self-loathing that I feel like comes with it. Like when people say, how old are you? I hear so many people go, I'm 30, you know, or, Mm -hmm. and it's like, stop it. Like stop the, like I'm 30 or, Oh God, I'm 29 or, Oh God, I'm 40. I've got it. You, you do. There's a lot of like self hate associated with the way that you say your age and it's whatever age it is. I hear it. Oh, well, we live in an ageist culture. I mean, that's another one of the things we're battling is that we glorify youth and that's absurd. It's great to be young and have a lot of energy, but there's older people with a lot of energy and we really minimize wisdom. I found that my 20s, I was fine, but in my 30s, you know, especially making big decisions like calling off the wrong wedding, Mm -hmm. I became much more at home with myself and more comfortable in my own skin. And then when I turned 40, I I just feel like it was the same. I feel like women, especially like we mature and that wisdom is so powerful for us. And it gives us the tools to do things like I'm not going to make this age a big deal. I decide if it's a big deal. And for people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm 30. I mean, what's the alternative, people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't make it to 30. Right. I mean, like, come on, <laughs> like, like, get a perspective here. You know, so yeah, I mean, it, but we decide to do that. And we have to take ownership of that. I think that's a great point. On that note, it is time for us to jump into our reason of the week breakdown. Humans, we're just animals, right? And animals all over the world, they mate at different times, not just humans, which brings us to a game that we're going to play with Dr. Karen called Guess the Mate. We are going to describe an animal's mating pattern, and Dr. Karen has to guess what animal she thinks it is. Okay? Sure. (laughs) All right. Um, I guess, you want to kick it off or should I kick it off? I... I don't know. You kick it off. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go first. Um, Dr. Karen, this lady finds a hookup, has babies and dies within a year. When she finds her mate, the male grips the female from behind and holds on tight. They can fuck for more than two hours at a time, which is a long time considering they only live for one year. Afterwards, they go their separate ways. And a couple of months later, the woman might have a hundred babies. What animal is this? Any guesses? Oh my god, I don't get an impulsive choice. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. This yeah. is actually kind of a hard game. I know. That is hard. I so I don't even what creature only lives a year. You're saying that the creature only okay, lives a year. Okay, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. They're they're really pretty and um if you find one, you'll probably like keep it on your finger. Well now I feel like I'm being misleading. Um <laughs> uh like a, a ladybug. Wrong sound cue. There okay. we go. Yes. I hit the wrong sound you got cue. It. Yay. Thanks for the hint. That helped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hit the wrong sound cue. Fail at being a game show announcer. Okay. This female, here's the next one. This female is ready to settle down around four to eight years old. The males try to attract the females by showing how cool they are, looking hot, having a sick home, and talking a big talk. 
The females are the ones that choose who they will end up mating with. In this progressive society, partners take turns protecting the egg, and they usually stay with their partners forever. Aww. Aww. Okay, I'm thinking, so eggs, and who mates for life in the, the birds? I don't know, like some geese of some sort? You're so close. Am I close? You're Ducks? very close. Okay, I'll give you, um, it, they're, Swans. They're, they like things very cold. Oh, penguin. Oh, Yay. thank you. Thanks again for the hint. <laughs> you were so close. I had, we had to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, next animal. <laughs> this bitch is ready to hook up by the time she's six months old. She'll usually hook up at a park. Once she's in heat, it's a one-night stand sitch. And those dogs. Thanks Yay. for the bitch. That was helpful. <laughs> All right. Um, we have two more for you. This is kind of a long one, but there, this was very interesting. This lady starts breeding when she's three or four years old and will stop breeding in her mid to late 20s. Both guys and girls are very promiscuous. A male and female may spend days courting each other before mating. Initially, a male suitor trails his prospective mate from a distance, smelling her napping spots and sniffing her urine creeper to analyze how receptive she is. At first, she may run away, play hard to get, but in time, she allows him closer and closer. If she is afraid, she may charge him or swat him with her paw, especially if it is her first time. When contact is made, they nuzzle and chew on each other's heads and neck. They may even wrestle a little bit. After hooking up, the male leaves and doesn't help with child rearing. Not cool. (laughs) Um, Maybe a lion or a tiger? It was cool. Cool. Uh, It's like in that like lions, tigers, Bears. Oh, oh my! my. <laughs> it was, yeah, you were close. You were yeah, close. very. It close. was the bear. Those are bears. Um, How cute. You were in. Yeah, the you were close with the song. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, last one. You're still right. you're still doing good. Yeah, yeah. Three three out of three out of four. All right. Let's see if we, if we can. Uh, the last one's kind of hard, but um, also kind of a long one. But. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if you get it. All right. This lady is less than a year old when she's ready to get frisky. The male has trouble finding a female because this species lives a solitary monk-like existence. Many males will use vibration as a means of courtship communication. Some will dance to court the female. Once the female recognizes the male's courtship behavior, she will either show she's ready to get down or... Or that she is not receptive by shaking her house, for example, or just crawling away. Crawling. Crawling. Creepy crawling. If the male is desperate to mate, he may proceed anyway with full understanding that the female might murder him. He places his cum on her stomach. This is an interesting animal. Okay, we'll give you a hint. It's a, it's a bug. And it's like one that you might find in your house. I'm thinking a spider. Because I heard something about how they they the females attack the yeah. men. Yeah, they might like if, if a guy, if a male wants to like hook up with the female, he might get murdered. He's like, <laughs> but he's like, oh man, but like having sex is so worth it. It's like so worth the potential of being murdered. Just like a human man. Yeah, just like a human man. Um, that was great. Four out of yes. five. You're expanding your repertoire to the yes. animal kingdom yeah. habits. Yeah. So uh, I hope that was helpful for our listeners. <laughs> they got a little. Uh, I don't know if you're ever on. Is who wants to be a millionaire still even around maybe during the day i think i don't know if you're on jeopardy hopefully (laughs) you learn something that might be helpful the point is is uh don't get 
Don't get bothered by your age. People, mm-hmm. animals, we all find people at different points in our lives. And, right. and we clearly all go about it in different ways, very different ways. And just one final note on that, because I have a chapter in my book about um, those kind of lies that we tell ourselves mm. and, and women will do. And part of the age thing is they're like, I'm going to be single forever because I've been single for this long. You know, mm-hmm. I'm single until I'm 38, 40 or whatever number in their head is that scary number. And then they make some really bad decisions a lot of the times. And so it, I would encourage your listeners, like really unpack what that, that number means, decide not to give it meaning and don't please don't make bad decisions because women do it <laughs> all the time. They do. Don't do it guys. Okay, guys. Um, that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. For more reasons you're single, you can check out our book available on our Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audio book on Audible. Thank you so much to our guest, Dr. Karen. Make sure you check out her book. Buy it. It's great. Single is the new black. Don't wear white till it's right. What other plugs? Um, where else can people find you? Yeah, so I'm at drkaren.me, and, and Karen is with an I, so K-A-R-I-N dot me, and I'm on Twitter at Dr. Karen Anderson, again with an I, of course, and uh, Instagram at Dr. Karen, and Facebook, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. So I'm all over the place, and, and I, I love to feel questions as well because I mean it's a jungle out there people <laughs> so we need some help from time to time as we navigate our way through the dating way and also uh, uh, let's be clear Dr. Karen actually uh, she's actually a psychologist we are not right so, <laughs> so for your really complicated for your, questions for your very complicated and serious questions uh, Dr. Karen's your lady yeah I mean, we, we can be your best friends and give you advice right. but uh, Dr. Karen has uh, she's actually She's, she's, she's got, got the, the cred. She's got the degrees behind her <laughs> advice. <laughs> uh, we're just uh, a bunch of comedians and mm-hmm. uh, and your friends telling you what we think. But uh, yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for having you on. And uh, where can people find us, Angela? Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Um, you can also That's like... That's your as in Y-O-U-R-E. Right, as in you are a single show. Um, you can also like and subscribe on iTunes if you please. And thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>